Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Welcome to Pfft, your quick discussion about short podcasts. I'm your host, Amy Barker. And I'm Richard Gray. And today on the show, we're going to talk about Radiolab shorts, and we will actually cover some listener feedback yeah, this time. Yeah, I think time. we said we'll do that last time. Yeah, we, we did, and we totally yeah. forgot. So totally we're forgot. Gonna, yeah, so we'll squeeze it in there today. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the first the the short that we're going to do yes. this week, we're doing a series of short podcasts because uh, it's summer here in Australia. That's right. Sucks to be you if you're in a cold climate uh-huh. uh, at the moment. But, uh, as and a, Christmas. And Christmas. And New so as Amy said last week, uh, you know, schedules change around this time of the year. So we're all totally. doing different things. We want a podcast we can cram in sideways. Absolutely. So That's this what is, she, she said. said? <laughs> uh, so this is one of those podcasts. You can stick it wherever you like. Absolutely. Uh, preferably in your ears. That's right. Uh, so we're covering Radio Lab, which is one of the biggest podcasts in the Huge. world. But, okay, of course, Radio Lab with uh, Jad Appenrod and Robert Krollrich is a radio yes. show and a podcast weaving stories and science into sound and music-rich documentaries is their official line yes. from the podcast. So the podcasts themselves are downloaded over 4 million times uh, every month. And that's not including the listeners on NPR nationwide and its affiliates. So their short versions they put out, they also have Radio Lab shorts. Yes. Now, their definition of shorts is a variable definition totally. because it can run and from anything from 15 minutes to well over half an hour and that's they still class those as short podcasts right but the difference with their short format is that they do manage to tackle some pretty esoteric subjects that they don't necessarily do in their longer programs more so, esoteric than their normal yeah podcast. i know well, case, <laughs> is that possible well case in point is uh <laughs> dipping into the npr archive so with robert kroll which they who has been in the game since the mid 70s he was there but bef- you know and before that he was like um like the i think the washington uh Correspondent for yes. Rolling Stone and all these sorts he's of things. He's been like doing he's it since Methuselah was a baby. Pretty much, you know? he, he he covered uh, the building Moses's, of pyramids. Yeah, yeah. Moses's birth. He was there. Moses, he was there. He did it live. He live tweeted it. Wow, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it, was the, it was the first live tweet ever. <laughs> <laughs> so when they dip into the archives for this particular one, so this is Happy Birthday, Bobby K. So in this particular one, they dip into the archives uh, for a taste of gator baiting, producing operas, all entertaining us uh, for the sake of his birthday. And it sounds a little something like this. Like this was the least listen to a program in all of NPR. They reduced us from 12 a year to 2 a year to 1 only on New Year's Eve at 10 p.m. Do you know what it's like to be scheduled for 10 p.m. on New Year's Eve? That means you have failed. But then, this is how the wife works, I'm sitting in my house and the phone rings and it's the White House. And some guy says, do you is your group available on like next March the third? I, I mean, we want him in the East Room. I said of the White House. He goes, yeah. I said, well, I don't think you do. <laughs> I said maybe you should just ask whoever's idea this was to like vet it or something. So I about two weeks pass, and then the phone said, well, it's good news and bad news. I listened to it, and yes, it isn't funny, <laughs> but the people who think it's funny is a person. And this the president of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how you get breaks like that. Absolutely. And the show that they're talking about that they'd been doing was a show called Backfire. Yes. And it had Buck Henry, which I don't know if you know who Buck Henry is, but he happened to, he was a guy who wrote a little film called The Graduate. Yes. And also Jane Curtin, who is one and the SNL mm. alum. <laughs> we um, play a, we play a clip. 
Oh uh, yeah. Over on um, our other show, which yes. we won't play here. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to listen to that. See the last episode of film actually. Done. Point counterpoint. Okay, so <laughs> they have so it's the show that they're talking about bringing to the White House is this very political show, and the one that they played a little clip of just before what you just clipped yes. there was the Buck Henry and Jane Curtin and, and uh, Robert Krolwich and somebody else whose name has just gone out of my head are talking about the time when President Bush uh, <laughs> collapsed and vomited at the state dinner in Tokyo. Yes. And they're saying, well, that's considered polite in, you know, different no, circles to vomit the, you know, the dinner and, and why wouldn't you do that? And that's actually how you say the, you know, Bush and it means in it vomit, it means the same thing. And it was, <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. It's, it's really funny. So definitely check that episode out because there's two other stories on there as well, oh, God, which yeah. is the uh, the alligators. The alligators is amazing about how they got <laughs> this marching band to play um, a, a certain B flat note to yes. get all these alligators, and it was all done on live television. Yes. and apparently there's got the, the viewers went up by the millions that yes. week, and it was. And just the next week they talked about internet porn, and their stats went down. Went down, yeah. People liked alligators better than porn mm. for once, and and marching bands. And marching. Well, I mean, how can you argue? <laughs> there's some great stories in that episode. Go and oh, check it it's out. Great. But uh, it gives you an idea of the, the sorts of stories they tell in these shorts. Yeah. Then there's these stories that they couldn't find another place for. Yes. So, uh, like the episode straight out of Chevy Chase, not uh, which is the city uh, in the yes, suburban Maryland, yes, yes, not yes. Uh, not, not the, the action, dude. not the dude. Nothing's well. Things have come out of him, I'm sure, at various points. Well, but you'd think none of them have hosted Hot 97. So this is a story of Peter Rosenberg, okay, uh, who was a white Jewish guy from suburban Maryland, and the last person in the world you'd think would be the arbiter of hip hop. Well, um, on on the station Hot 97, and 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 part of the episode is actually talking about that. Okay, talking about how hip hop moved out of uh, New York, uh, how, it, how it moved out of a very specific area of New York. Right. And, and I think we actually played a clip a few episodes ago yeah. on um, Pillow Fort about, uh, and if we didn't, we referenced, uh, it was an episode of, uh, I think it was 99% Visible. Sure. Where they're talking about when the lights go out. Yes. And, and, how, yes. and how this blackout led to the birth of hip hop. Absolutely. And how that became very much associated with black youth culture. Sure. And then, All the street parties and yeah. people getting the equipment. That blackout led to a lot of equipment so acquired. Par- <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So part of this episode is actually tracing how hip-hop went more mainstream sure. and became uh, adopted by a, 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 a wider white youth culture. Interesting. Um, but also it also talks about how he became involved in it at a time when that wasn't acceptable for him oh. to be into it and how despite battling that perception, he actually became the host of of this show right. and became the arbiter of what was good hip-hop and what was bad hip-hop. And, and it also tackles the bigger question of what is real hip-hop, a genre that's constantly under the threat of being watered down yes. by dance music, by, by yes. things, the same threat that, you know, I guess rhythm and blues and R&B. Well, I think what, any musical genre is going to have that. As our good friend David McVeigh is often uh, fond of pointing out, what is now called R&B is a far cry from what oh, God, you, yes. know, you and I think of as R&B. Yeah. You know, so, but they actually talk about this and he explains all of this in a highly publicized feud he had with Nicki Minaj um, <laughs> who when she started was like underground as hell one of her first big things that people noticed her for was a, a bit she did on a Kanye song or yes. Monster which blew everyone away because right. she, she she was on there with, with Jay-Z and Kanye and schooled the both of them wow and then her next big single when she broke through was Starships uh, something that he wasted no time in in trashing her for because he he held her to a higher standard. Well, and so he talks about this kind of this transition 
to EDM, electronic dance music, and ah. Nicki Minaj, and how EDM is like a. And they mentioned on the show. There's a great quote. They're saying EDM is a music that's designed to have no cultural heritage whatsoever. Whoa. So it can be played in any club at any time to any crowd and therefore is not associated to, you know, race, colour, creed, whatever. But by the same token, it, it has no meaning behind it. It has huh. no soul. Right, right, right. So he talks about all this in the lead up to uh, uh, bits and pieces about his feud with Nicki Minaj. I couldn't appreciate it at first because I didn't know if I was maybe going to get fired for messing up Summer Jam. Because Nicki isn't beefing with the station. I wouldn't dare come on your stage or even say something to my fans. She's calling in, you know, mad at the station. You apologize to Nicki Minaj. Buster Rhymes gets involved. He's trying to broker a deal. <laughs> Funkmaster Flex gets involved. We exchanged some emails. They're trying to reach a detente. Wow. It, it becomes a <laughs> months-long process. Nuts. If they say unanimously no, you were wrong about that song. This is our song. We included in our map of what's going on. Stop trying to draw the map. What do you say to that in your inside of you? I think my gut reaction is you know nothing. You don't draw the map. You need people like us to draw the map or there's nothing or what is there. If, if we don't get to determine certain things, uh, who who does? We should leave that to the crazed 13-year-olds who may not even like this artist in two years? Damn. Damn. Right? So this guy Setting is cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't so, want to get on his bad side. Yeah, and it all came about because he came out and made some offhand comment during his set sure. uh, that he was presenting at this this summer jam. Sure. And then she just refused to come on. <gasps> and she was like one of the headline acts. Whoa. And like so, at that particular... At, at that event. Whoa. So, and that was just... Uh, and she cancelled her whole thing as a result <gasps> of that. There's a few that went on for Shit. a year. But I found it really interesting. So really, Radio Lab. You know, those of you who listen to podcasts have probably heard of Radio Lab. Of course. It's a massive show. Mm. But if you don't have time to listen to a full episode, and sure. I do encourage you to listen to full episodes. Absolutely. They're pretty damn good. Yeah. But these shorter episodes do cover really, really hard to define yeah. topics like this. But that last one in particular I found fascinating. And the thing I that having listened to some of the shorts from Radio Lab that I can see why they do this. The the full episodes, they really need a lot of material to yeah. get into because their shows are so well researched and so well produced and so put together and it's it's a lot of material mm. that they cram into there. And so if it's something like this that really there's no way to tease it out no. to a full hour. I mean, there no. just isn't. So this still Although gives them the opportunity to... That last one, they pulled in some great interviews. They had people from Tribe Called Quest in there. Wow. It, was, it was really, really, really great stuff. So I have to say, and in prepping for the show, I didn't listen to that particular short. I listened to a different one. I know. Um, I, I said I was going to do one of two, and I did the other one. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so I was prepped, but not for that one. Um, oh, well. So, yeah, that's all right. But now I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. So, so. we're going to do a little bit of quick feedback before we uh, finish up yeah. our short podcast for today. Yes. Uh, so we had, we noticed uh, when we were looking online at the US iTunes that uh, a couple of uh, bits of feedback had been left. Of course, you just go to go up, go to your iTunes Absolutely. and go to Podcast Bella Fort and leave us some feedback. It's how we get higher in the rankings. Uh, we did Yay. notice we had this one from Lizanne624 who asks, How do they do it? And gives us five stars. Yay. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, Lizanne, uh, she, I'm assuming she. I would think uh, so too. Says, I am a podcast junkie and I have a Me hard too. enough time keeping up with the podcast I already subscribed to. Richard and Amy somehow managed to discover loads of great podcasts every week as well as keeping up with old favorites. Um, I've already added many of their recommendations to my subscriptions. Now, Brilliant. Uh, how to find time to listen to them I all, know, right? That's always the problem. Which is why we're doing short ones. That's right. <laughs> so if you love podcasts, you'll really enjoy this one. The two hosts are very knowledgeable, enthusiastic and really quote-unquote, sell their recommendations, exclamation mark. 
Um, sorry, sell their recommendations. <laughs> I'm glad to have them sort through the glut of podcasts and find jewels for me. Oh, just for you. Just for you. Oh, we do. We will now because yeah. we know you like us. That's right. Thank you. Now the next one is is clearly aimed at, at me because well. it says genius five stars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this one you just is keep from, on thinking that. Now this one is if I'm pronouncing this right, Jill Sieb. I don't know. J I L S I E B. S I E B. Yeah. So a podcast about podcasts is pure genius. Aww. Not only do now, hang on a minute. What I'm going to take issue with that because who actually thought of the idea for this podcast? Well, you do get name checked first. Yeah. Well, who thought of the idea? Yeah. Well, it's your idea. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Keep going. Uh, Not only do Amy and Richard have a great (laughs) rapport, um, they're extremely knowledgeable about a large variety of subjects and review many different genres of podcasts. The listeners can choose what suits their likes and not waste time with the others. I've had time to be creative in finding time to listen to the new additions to my growing podcast list. Thanks to Amy and Richard, the playful banter and rich radio voices. Thank you. you. That's me. Enhance the experience. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, both of you. Thank you. That's That's amazing. So if you made my week. It's made mine too. So if you have liked us and if you like any more information about anything you've heard on today's podcast or show, you can find all the links to the shows we mentioned on podcastpillowfort.com. So from myself, Amy Barker, and the Geek Actually team, thank you for joining us today. You can follow us on Twitter at PillowFortCast. Uh, you can follow our network with all of our podcasts, including Behind the Panels and Film Actually on Geek Actually on Twitter and rate us on iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. Please do that. It helps us get more attention. Yes, please. So we hope to see you next time here in the Pillow Fort. I am the magnificent. Don't want to, don't want to